Hello, welcome to another episode of a podcast about music. I'm one of your hosts, Logan. And I'm Eric. And with us this week is our special guest, Madeline. Hi, I'm Madeline. Uh, so this week uh, we have a very exciting episode lined up. We're going to be talking about the Beastie Boys, one of the more popular uh, hip-hop groups of the 80s and 90s and late, uh, early 2000s. Um, maybe late, early, though, yeah. So... Before we talk about that, Eric and Madeline, how was your week? I've had a pretty good week so far. Just trying to uh, stay active this summer. Um, nothing oh, yeah. really too crazy. How about you, Madeline? It's been really hot out. Oh yeah, it's it's hot. Yeah. I've been swimming a lot. That's awesome. Running. Yeah, yeah. So I've been running and swimming a lot as well, and you know, relaxing. On July fourth. Stranger Things Season 3 came out. Oh, yeah? And I think out of us three, I'm the only one that's, you know, up to date with it and kind of excited about it. Well, I'm sure um, several of our hundreds of thousands of listeners have seen Stranger Things also. Well, we've gotten about half a million uh, voice messages and DMs already asking us to cover Stranger Things, but we oh, have yeah? to remind them, like, hey, we're not, um, a, like, an entertainment podcast. We're not a podcast about Netflix. Yeah, that would be something else, though. <laughs> so... Anyway, you don't have to turn this off because I'm not going into spoiler territory. But it's a it's a good eight episodes. It's it's well filmed. What season are they on now? Nineteen three. Oh. Because it came out in two thousand fifteen. Three. Mm. It's two thousand. It's two thousand nineteen now. So that's that's about four years. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's like I finished the season and then I went back and now I'm watching <coughs> season one again. It's funny to see how everything went downhill. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, when we do talk about the Beastie Boys in about one minute, I'll say I don't know much about them. I know you've done some research, Logan. I'm interested to hear the yeah, details. Yeah, not just research, but I'm a bit familiar with them because yeah. I, I, I enjoy their music. I um, definitely enjoy them Hopefully I'm not the last much. person on earth that enjoys them. Really? But I, I really enjoyed their... Um, one of their first albums, Licensed to Ill, when I was a kid. Yeah, that was their first album, actually. What year was that? Was it uh, the 80s or Licensed 90s? to Ill was in the 80s. But first, before we um, talk about their albums, let's talk about the people. So the group was originally made up of three people, and they're the only people we're going to be talking about today. Uh, their names are and were Michael Diamond, Adam Horowitz, and Adam Yoch. And you might not recognize those names, but don't worry, because they went by stage names. So Michael Diamond was Mike D, uh, Adam Yoch is, was MCA, and Adam Horowitz was Ad, oh God, is Ad-Rock. So Adam Yoch, before we divulge um, into the Beastie Boys and their music, Adam Yoch um, was born on August 15th, 1967 and he was the youngest of the Beastie Boys, and he died um, of cancer on May 4th, 2012. So it was, it was a lot for the Beastie Boys and the world to process, and we miss him every day. So then there was Michael Mike D. Diamond, who was born on November 20th, 1965, and there is Adam Adrock Horowitz, who was born on October 31st, Halloween, on 19, in 1966. So, 
Mike D's dad was an art dealer, and he died when Mike D was 16, and his mom was an interior, interior de decorator. Guys, you'll be interested to know that Adam Horowitz was the son of a playwright Israel H. Standing for Horowitz. Uh, his parents divorced when he was three, and his mom, Doris, was a painter. So there was a lot of creativity in the family. Uh, moving on, uh, Yoch's dad was a painter and an architect, and his mom worked as a social worker. So the Beastie Boys started out playing in a hardcore band called The Young and the Useless. Punk rock, really, right? Well, yeah, but back then it was hardcore band. You know, oh, they played wow. a lot. Not really that rap style that we think of now with the Beastie Boys. No? Oh, no, because they were the young and the useless, not the Beastie Boys. Oh. And uh, the first young and the useless album was Pollywog Stew, and that was followed by a single called Cookie Puss the next year. Uh, actually, British Airlines used some of Cookie Puss in an ad, and the group won a lawsuit getting $40,000 out of it. Oh, so yeah. that's what they really used to start up the Beastie Boys. So they started the Beastie Boys in 1986, and that their de debut album was Licensed to Ill. So you know any songs from that? I can set you straight if you're wrong. Or Madeline, if you have anything, chime in. Oh, yeah, that's uh, the album that we all loved when I was, you know, just a wee lad. Oh, Definitely God. that introduced the world to Fight for Your Right. Oh, yeah. To partay. It was just Fight for Your Right, and then there was other songs like No Sleep Till Brooklyn, Logan, are we going to once again um, give some links to some of these great Beastie Boys songs in the description? You know what? We most definitely are. At the awesome. end, we're going to name three songs, one for each of us. Three recommendations to introduce... Yeah. People who may not be familiar with this band. And Licensed to Ill was the album with the plane on it, and my notes, I drew it. It's not a video podcast, but I, I drew it. looks pretty good, yeah, doesn't it? Good, good sketch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But actually, Eminem uh, did a little copy of that album with his semi-new, I think it's kind of old now, it was later, uh, earlier in the year, and he had the same plane and everything Oh, interesting. It. Anyway, um, the Beastie Boys earned multi-platinum sales from License to Ill, so they did well right off the bat. As far as I, um, or as I heard recently, I think that album, uh, as of now, has sold more than 10 million copies. It has. 10 million copies. That's wow, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of copies. Think of what you could do with 10 million copies of License to Ill. And um, why don't uh, you tell us more about the Beastie Boys, and I will do a, a quick little search. Oh, yeah, you're doing some on-the-spot research? It's good for the podcast, okay? I it's, guess so. It's engaging people. Madeline, have you ever heard the Beastie Boys? I think I have. Yes, oh, I have. Oh, great. So anyway, Great to have you sitting in today. Yeah. Looks like you guys didn't do your research. Anyway, um, License to Ill on BarnesandNoble.com. That's a free plug for Barnes and Noble. Uh, they have it's it for two plugs now. Twenty-one dollars and fifty-two cents. Wow. 
but it was cheaper in the day. And on eBay, used five bucks for license to ill. So sure, let's like that's like five billion dollars. It's a lot of money, even if everyone bought it off of eBay. So think of what you could do with five billion dollars. <laughs> you could buy ten. Uh, was it billion or million? I think it was million. Million. Yeah. Ten million dollars. Yeah. Pardon me. But anyway, well, back to the facts, Jack. Yeah. So um, you know, License Still was the first rap album ever to reach number one on the Billboard charts. Well, that's uncanny. Yeah. Um, success followed, but the Beastie Boys started to get a bit wild, falling prey to their own media hype. So they fell prey to themselves. They made themselves act the way they did. As that we all do. do. Yeah, except we don't usually act like the Beasties. Unless you're the Beastie Boys. Why did anything start happening on tour? They, they went a little crazy. And, uh, you know, they just kind of... Um, just, you know, no. had a little bit of fun with the fans you could you say. mean a little inter-office friction when they were out on the road touring that's exactly what you could call it a little yeah. inter-office friction mm-hmm. and uh they went on to tour in support of their album license to ill but they actually kind of grew sick of each other being on the road and even the band and what it meant so that was a little cabin fever and just traveling about really really made it um hard for them to find the motivation and their stage image that they needed mm. so uh i know you guys could imagine what it's like to be really into something and then like not really want to do it because you've been doing it too much yeah right it's like that saying uh too much of a good thing is not a good thing or something yeah yeah i've heard that yeah not that exact saying but you know anyway uh license to ill was the first rap album to surpass 4 million copies by 1987, one oh, year wow. later. So in one year, it had sold 4 million copies. So awesome. after License to Ill, they moved from New York to L.A. and uh, split from their record uh, label and partners that they had previously had called Def Jam, and they got with Capitol Records, so uh, a record label that was a lot more reputable and helped them <laughs> with their success. You know? Yeah, great. In 1989, one of their next albums was called Paul's Boutique, named after a store in New York. Uh, So Paul's Boutique was named after Paul's Boutique. Was that a boutique? It was, and it was Paul's. (laughs) So uh, you could search out Paul's Boutique store. I'm sure Paul would enjoy that. Paul would like it. He gets all the royalties from us saying that. the group got a little more mature with their singing and behavior with Paul's Boutique, actually. But it barely sold uh, 500,000 copies. It was much different sales-wise than Licensed Ill. And that may not seem like a low number, but to them, after selling 4 million copies in a year, that was a pretty low number. Yeah. If we sold 500,000 copies of this podcast, if it was available to be sold... We would be filthy yeah. rich. That's kind of a low number. We're obviously in the millions, but still. Yes, we did recently, last night, in fact, we surpassed 10 billion listens within the hour. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's this is a serious thing. You should count yourself lucky because we only let one person listen at a time. So, um, next after Paul's Boutique, uh, the Beastie Boys kind of cooled it a little and started their own record label and magazine, both titled Grand Royale. So you can search that as well. I don't think you can subscribe to it I anymore. I think we're giving Probably our not. listeners a lot of homework with all this searching. <laughs> you know what? They got themselves into it by listening to this. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. They also started a clothing line called X-Large to uh, match their stage image. Then in 1992, uh, the Beastie Boys returned to the studio and recorded Check Your Head. They actually played their own instruments this time. Adrock on the guitar, MCA on bass, and Mike D had the drums. So. You know, Logan, it's funny you say that. I just remembered, now that you're saying, I remember seeing them in 1992. Did you actually? Play at Lollapalooza, and I was struck by the fact that they were playing their own instruments. Oh, that's neat that you actually saw them. Yeah, up in uh, Saratoga, New York. Summer nice. of 1992. Yeah. And I will say the show there's... that they put on was one of the best things I've ever seen. It was all, electric. All the good ones. Fun. All the good songs. Phenomenal. They had the crowd going nuts. Sounds in like the a, rain. Sounds like a fun uh, fun set list. <laughs> it was <laughs> indeed. Uh, singles such as Pass the Mic and What You Want boosted sales beyond platinum. All right. Let's get real. Their sales were beyond platinum from this point on they had beastie sales they were beasties <laughs> at selling albums what on earth did beastie boys mean do you know well the boys was pretty straightforward b-o-y-s just meant boys males uh, and beastie was actually an acronym uh the following words the first letter of each word spells beastie boys entering anarchic states towards internal excellence that spells beastie Interesting. So that it's funny because not a lot of people know that. Now you do. Audience at home is now better educated about the Beastie Boys. Better people than they were before they started this. I wouldn't go as far as to say experience. that. Experience. Yeah, Madeline, you've been awfully quiet over there to my left. This this again isn't a video podcast, so you don't know where she is. But to my left. Uh, do you have anything to say about the Beastie Boys? Anything to add? We're about ready to well, give I have our more, suggestions. I have more notes. I mean, I have more notes. Cool. <laughs> I mean, one song... Don't get I, ahead of yourself. Really no, 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 no. Save that till the okay. end. Save that till the end. Oh, oh, oh boy. Um, we're getting there. Trust me. Yeah, there were mixed reviews of the album. Uh, 1998 brought the album Hello Nasty with the single Intergalactic. In one week, it sold... 681,500 copies, which is nearly as many as we're selling. We're, we have about 20 quadrillion plays a week. Yeah, so it kind of is like what yeah. we get. So now for the top songs. I used up all my notes and my knowledge. And I also drew a nice Beastie Boys logo here. That is a one heck great of a logo. thing to mention. Yeah. It's filler. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's Madeline you first. Uh, what what song do you want to suggest? This is our first song that we'll leave the uh, that we'll leave the link to and the show notes. The first song that we'll have the link is Madeline. No sleep till Brooklyn. I really like that song. Yeah, it it has a good driving beat. 
So, you know, indeed, we're, we're not allowed to play it. <laughs> How about you, Logan? You got one song that you want to recommend? Um, might not be the most popular song ever. Uh, I think I discovered it in November of 2018, but Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah? From the album Hello Nasty. There are a couple of remixes of it that weren't as good, in my opinion, as the actual one. But if you listen to it with, like, headphones on or something... Yeah, or without or something. Yeah, with yeah. without either one. With, okay. Uh it's a good song. So, second song that I suggest you listen to after listening to this a hundred times is Intergalactic. And then lastly, Eric, your suggestion. Uh, uh, the song that I enjoyed the most as a kid on License to Ill was Paul Revere. That's a good song. Love that now, ditty. Oh god. <laughs> Y'all remember uh Paul Revere? From history, he he rode a horse and did all this stuff. Which war was that? We're not a history podcast. That's besides the point. I'm going revolutionary. Revolution. I second that notion. American Revolution. Okay. Um, So (laughs) the third song that we will link is Paul Revere. So No Sleep Till Brooklyn, Intergalactic, and Paul Revere. Those are our top three picks for today. Uh, any last remarks? Yeah, we'll see everybody back here next week for a new artist. Wow, really? Yes. Awesome. And Maddie or Madeline, however you want to think of her as, uh, she won't be on the podcast a lot. She's a guest. We invited her. And she doesn't have permission to be on it without our permission. I don't think permission is I'm, really an important I'm kidding. thing. Why don't we? It's not... It's not open mic night or anything, but, you know, (laughs) just so you guys don't get any false hopes, she's not a regular on the podcast unless she is, so. Adeline, anything else you want to add? I hope you all have a great life. Thank you. Um, Wow, okay. Without further preamble, uh, here is our fourth episode of a podcast about music, ending now.